Hey everyone, welcome back to the Warrior Monk Podcast. Today I've got Scott Shortmeyer on the podcast, and Scott and I ended up communicating back and forth on Instagram due to a very big topic in common, and that is rest, recovery, sleep. Now, Scott hosts his own podcast, the Rest and Recovery Podcast, and I really wanted to have him on the Warrior Monk Podcast to talk about this topic because it is so pivotal for our well-being and it is a true duality of how we are as human beings, right? We spend almost half of our lives asleep, assuming that you're getting good quality sleep and enough sleep. And it seems to be something in our everyday lives that seems to be getting lower in quantity and quality, especially in our modern day American society. Uh, So I really wanted to tackle some of this. I've worked on recently in my own Uh, between being in the military and working uh, night shifts, working overseas and being up and doing operations at night and just trying to figure out your own balance in life of, you know, getting home from work, trying to decompress, spend time with your loved ones, your family at home, trying to get in enough time for the extra projects or things that are important to you besides just your nine to five. And where do we end up fitting that sleep piece, that recovery piece? And a lot of us end up chipping away and making it smaller and smaller. And all the science, all the data, all the information out there is really going to show that sleep is so pivotal and there's just not really any way to cheat it. You really got to try hard to get it in when and where you can if you want to be functioning optimally. So. Guys, if you have not done so already, please go check out the Warrior Monk podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Please leave us a comment, a like, a share with a friend. If you're enjoying the podcast, share it with someone that you know, someone that you think would enjoy these topics as well, someone that you think is a Warrior Monk. I would love for you to bring them into the Warrior Monk community, as it were, and please let me know what else you guys are interested in. Please leave me a direct message and I want to know what you guys are interested in hearing for more Warrior Monk podcasts in the future. I appreciate the feedback. So that's all I got to say for the intro. Let's go ahead and get into the conversation with Scott Shortmeyer and let's talk about rest and recovery. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Warrior Monk podcast. And today I've got Scott Shortmeyer. And Scott is the host of another podcast, the Rest and Recovery Podcast. So Scott, thank you for uh, reaching out to me, getting some connection done. You were actually just down here uh, on vacation along the Emerald Coast. So thanks for connecting with me down there. We had an awesome little beach run and and got to meet each other in person. And thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Yeah, well, uh, thanks for hosting me. And yeah, it was good to connect, especially live and in person. And uh, it was it was fortunate that we were heading down there and, and you're right around the corner. So it worked out and uh, good to start the morning run uh, on the beach. Yeah, for sure. It's an it's an awesome place to do it. It's uh, definitely one of the one of the nicest benefits of living in this area is being able to just get out there and, and get on the sand. And it's definitely different if you're not a if you're not a beach runner. It's uh, it's a little bit different experience than uh, than running on trail or hard pack. But uh I love it. That's for sure. I'm glad you could join me on it. So Scott, please give my listeners a little bit of a background on you, who you are, and uh, kind of what's led you down your current path in hosting your own podcast. Yeah. uh, You know, it's a bit of a winding road, but I mean, brief summary, husband, father, three girls, and um, active runner, endurance athlete, been doing marathons, half marathons, triathlons the last 10 to 15 years. Before that, um, grew up doing that. That was running was my sport. So got back into that in probably my thirties 
And um, all of those kind of are key components that ended up leading to launching the podcast a little bit because, <clears throat> you know, I, at 30, we had our first daughter and um, which is great. And within three and a half years, we had three. And I got the bright idea to start doing endurance sports at that point. And I didn't go right into 5Ks again. I decided why not just go straight to the marathon. Go right? big or go home. Right. Brilliant idea. Uh, and then why not throw in triathlons where I've never really been a swimmer or a biker. So, um, which was fun. And I did that for a long time. But between uh, the kids having really tough sleep challenges and among other things, and then me probably misapplying some of those things, not training smart wisely, um, really ended up over time kind of breaking myself uh, at the late 30s. And I had a physical and a mental crash, honestly, from constant sleep deprivation. And so that kind of led to some health issues and recovery um, that led me to this and had the idea years ago. And then finally was just like, you know, let's do this. Um, and yeah, that's kind of how I launched the podcast and that's kind of the, the basis of it. Yeah, man. And you, you've really been knocking out your, your podcast. So how, how long you've been podcasting now? Uh, right about a year now. So okay. a little over 54 episodes, I think at this point. Right. Which is, um, which is awesome. I, I've, I've been struggling. I've been constantly trying to get more content out there and I've got a little bit more of an opportunity now that I've left active duty, but, uh, you've been, you've been hustling, uh, getting podcasting done. And for anybody that's, that's out there doing it. Yeah. I mean, if you're a one person shop, uh, you don't have a, a team or any kind of crew supporting you. It's, it takes a lot of work to, 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 you know, make the connections with people and then have scheduled them to have the talks and then do the editing and, and then promote and all that kind of stuff. So good on you, man. Yeah, thanks. I mean, I've been graced with uh, a lot of great folks willing to say yes. Uh, so um, learned a ton. Uh, the biggest thing is, is, you know, trying to figure out which is most applicable uh, and personalize a lot of that. Um, but it's been a great, great road. Uh, it's opened up some other doors of ideas of where I kind of want to go and maybe take my career, you know, mention them but in my 40s. So, um, you know, it makes you think what's possible, right? Yeah, um, sure. Especially when you're doing it in a healthy and helpful way. Right. And can I ask what kind of sent you down the avenue of a podcast as far as like that, that venue, right? Because there's a lot, of, right. a lot of different ways you can go about trying to communicate with people and share ideas and stuff. But why, why for you podcasting specifically? Well, it just, you know, I've always been a bit of a curious person. Um, I grew up in the sales side. So understanding and asking questions is kind of built into that skill set and you know as an athlete I've always been somewhat involved in trying to understand nutrition fitness and things of that nature but it was usually surface area uh surface level and so as I was pondering this I got introduced actually a friend of mine he's been on the podcast Tim he's got a recovery lounge near me called RXR3 and opened up doors to to recovery methods that I'd not been aware of and so I started going down that rabbit hole and really realized so many people didn't know about a lot of this, um, including myself, who, who, you know, was, quote unquote, in the fitness realm. And so, um, so I really just started digging into that. And then it, it was like, why not do a podcast and ask people and see if I can find other folks like myself who may not be aware of some of these options, right? We were... There's nothing wrong with the modern medicines and things of that nature, right? But it's, it's very niche to acute care. 
not lifestyle management, it seems, right? right? So as I kind of learned that, that was a steady theme with a lot of the professionals and thought, you know, there's got to be other people like myself out there. And the more I talked to people, the more I realized what I was discovering for the first time, no one else knew about. So I figured, why not? Why not launch a podcast? Sure. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's so many niches you can go down and then not only going down a niche, but there's just so much cross communication and, and kind of similarities between so many people that allowed you to kind of cross talk and share ideas and, you know, not, not to get too down, down the road of echo chambers, right? Cause it's, you know, it's always kind of a little bit dangerous to just be talking to same people, people in the same mindset, but sharing ideas and stuff like that. And that's one of the main reasons I wanted to get into podcasting too, is like you said, kind of it opens up opportunities when you actually have long format conversations with people and, you know, you kind of start to see more about what that person's about more than just, you know, uh, some of the more surface level stuff that we see, like, you know, an Instagram post or, or even a tweet, right? Like 120 right. characters, you really get an idea of what somebody's about through a couple sentences. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm hundred percent right there with you that it's a, it's an awesome opportunity for people to kind of learn, learn remotely about not just ideas and stuff, but about other people too. And I think that's why it's, it's caught on so much, you know, obviously Joe Rogan is kind of the, uh, <laughs> I don't know, yeah. the pod, the podcasting Jesus, if that's not too of a sacrilegious thing to say, <laughs> just because right. he's, he's, you know, caught the wildfire fire for podcasting in general, but yeah, man, it's, it's definitely, it's a, it's a cool space to be in. And, and then you, you got really focused on this rest and recovery piece and you, you touched on a little bit because you were kind of, you're approaching burnout, you know, trying to, to juggle the family life and then, and the work and all, all that kind of stuff. So what kind of got you going down this path of focusing on the rest and recovery piece? And then kind of what's that journey been like for you as far as focusing on it and like kind of what have been some of your big takeaways? So I think uh, the niche focus on that was because it just, I realized uh, culturally and in many venues, not just fitness, but even corporate, uh, the rest was never discussed or rarely discussed in, in a way it was often presented negatively and all about getting her done and, you know, pushing through it, but it seemed a little too binary. Like it was, you got to crush yourself all the time and that's just not wise. And, and some of that could be like, you were talking about the oversimplification on social media and misunderstandings. But I think culturally, even in corporate America, you've got the, you know, the water cooler talk around 2 AM and, you know, waking up at five to go work out and then, go to the office and do it all over again. And certain jobs even require that or expect that, especially coming out of college. Um, so it just realized, you know, it just seemed that there wasn't enough discussion on this piece. And it's not to say it's the all encompassing, but it's an important ingredient to all of it, right? Uh, we're complex and individuals and there's a lot that should be understood in more depth. I think we're a little too, I was a little too surface oriented with things. Oh, it's food. I'll just eat it. Right. Well, timing and what you eat matter that influence your sleep. You know, so that was one key thing is like, okay, that bowl of ice cream I was eating on a regular might not be optimal <laughs> for quality sleep and is impacting my insulin, even as a younger active individual. Um, you know, I did some testing throughout this process that uh, on the levels health uh, CGM, that was one thing that I learned was I'm flirting with pre-diabetic. 
Wow. And okay. in that conversation, that's a big red flag, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm lean, I'm six, two and active. So that to me is like counter to any statistical reference to somebody that is pre-diabetic and then uncovering that much of the U S you know, how much you believe the numbers, but a lot of folks are, I think it's 50% are in the pre-diabetic range. Yep. Um, and so you got to really look at that and understand why is that? And so there's, it's a complex thing. And then you add in the fact that we're all individuals. I say all the time, we're all individual walking chemistry sets. What works for you isn't going to work for me. hundred percent. It's true. And even, even if it does, there might be other connection points that, you know, yeah, we can get together as a cohort and, or in community and learn from each other. Right. I, I, I might have an issue. You're trying something. I try it. It doesn't work for me, but it worked for you. But at least now I've figured it out. At least that's off the table. But rambled a little bit on on that. But yeah, that's I mean, that's kind of been the journey and the the why behind focusing on rest and recovery. Yeah. So obviously like and you kind of mentioned a little bit there just in talking about the nutrition piece, right? That like uh um quality and quantity aren't always the same thing. And we, I mean, I just had a, a, a dietitian we had on the podcast uh, previously at Brook West. And we talked a lot about people are kind of like in this scare zone with carbohydrates, right? Cause like carbs right. are going to make me fat and they don't think about, you know, cycling the carbohydrate around their activity or the quality of that carbohydrate, right? Like that, you know, everybody focuses on that macro nutrition content, but it's, what about the quality? Cause you know, if there's fiber involved and all these other things, it's not, you know, the 25 grams you get from ice cream, the carbohydrates there are different than 25 grams you get from, from brown rice or oatmeal or something, something yeah. of this nature. But so the nutrition piece, huge part of recovery, right? But what about uh, the sleep piece, right? Cause this has been such a huge thing uh, for me. And you were talking about, you know, some jobs expect you to, you know, basically go all out and you know, you're going to need to be there when the sun rises and you're going to be there basically the sun sets. And I definitely know from being in the military community that the whole sleep thing is not, it's not um, on that we call the priorities of work. And I've mentioned this on the podcast before and anybody that's coming from an infantry background or anything like that knows that, you know, Ranger school, they have these priorities of work and it has, you know, your security and it has your, your team gear and then your individual gear and all this stuff. And at the very bottom of that list, after you get done with food and hygiene is sleep. It's, it's the very last thing, which there's definitely a time and a place, you know, if you're in a hostile environment, you know, the, sl- the sleep does have to uh, come last, right? It's, it's not sustainable. You, maybe you get a, you get a day or two of that, but then after that, it's just everyone's quality of performance is just going to go out the window. So yeah. I'm, it's been interesting for me to see that the, the kind of mentality in the military has started to shift now. And I think the mentality of the kind of American public is starting to shift now too, that like this thing, sleep thing is really important to get back into. And it's, it's not just, uh, I mean, it used to be the bragging, right? Right. Like, well, I only, yeah. you know, I only slept four hours last night, you know, cause I'm, I'm working so damn hard. It's like, I want exactly. to, I want to change my bragging, right. To be like, well, I only, I made just as much money as you. And I only worked 20 hours this week and I slept eight hours every night. That's what I want my bragging right to be. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or like, you know, depending on your lifestyle, right. I, I, I have a family, like Mm-hmm. I was be able to be present for my kids at whatever activity, their dance, their soccer, their fill in the blank for you is, you know, you're able to be present rather than, you know, half a zombie because you're, you're exhausted. Right. Right. 
then be able to devote your energy to to them, not to the corporate overlord or you know whoever yeah. whoever it is that's just you know filling out your paycheck. Yeah, yeah, and you know there's you know there's a time and place for everything, right? We were talking about early on launching something new and hustling, and you know there's a time and place, but is it's a season, right? It's not a lifestyle. So, uh, and there's ways to to navigate as I've learned over the last year asking about sleep of like trying to recapture some of that and hedge against that if you are doing that. And the other thing is, you know, other things in your life may have to go, right? Yeah. So it's, you can reduce the stress. But yeah, for sleep, that was definitely the crux for me. And what I've learned is it's really the foundation to wellness, fundamentally. Like all the other things interplay with it and they relate. Mm-hmm. But but really, you know, I've seen numbers and I can't quote the exact reference, but they were talking about if you can improve your sleep just a little bit, like that's even a natural weight loss, if that's a concern for you. Sure. Um, you know, it, it helps with your mitochondria and, and being able to have the energy for the day. Uh, and also it just allows your body to do what it's supposed to do, which is flush all the gunk. That's what you're doing when you're sleeping is it's, it's giving your body a chance to re- recover itself. Um, and if you're not getting enough sleep to me, it's like the equivalent of leaving a light on in your car, right? Mm-hmm. The engine's not running, but you left an interior light on. So is it going to kill the battery completely? No, but it's going to drain it. So when you go in the morning and you go to start it, it may pause for a minute and they take a second, but then it starts up. You do that over time. Eventually you're going to crush the battery well before oh, yeah. it's life cycle. So that's kind of what you're doing to yourself in my mind, uh, to oversimplify it in, that's just not going to work out well. And, and I, my personal experience is that's how it happened that I had to, and recovery is two times harder than, than uh, just doing it better throughout. 100%. And, and when you're young too, like I, I know, you know, guys that are on the athletic level, like you're in your early twenties, uh, you can probably get away with not eating as, as well or sleeping, you know, and you're just because, you know, everything, everything, in the system is ripping and roaring, ready, ready to, ready to rock and roll. Uh, you'll still make gains, but as you're approaching, you go in your thirties and in your forties, if you're not, if you're not focusing on those rest and recovery pieces, you can work out as hard as you want, like a madman, but you're not, you're, you're not going to be making gains. And then eventually too, a lot of the studies show that with that poor rest, rest and recovery, you're, you're more injury inclined anyway. Like you said, you were, you were coming across injuries too, as you were, as you were not paying attention to that sleep and rest cycle. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to get the opposite. If you're depending on your goals, like if you were saying an athlete trying to build gains, you're not going to see the results you're working your tail off for because you're overworking um, or under resting. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I've heard it, you know, overtrained or under recovered. And more often than not, it's the under-recovered aspect of life, not just the, the effort that you're putting in. And, and the great thing is, you know, there's, there's technology now that can help dial it in better. But at the end of the day, you have to know yourself. You have to get the, to know yourself a little bit better. And that's been my process is really the assessment, right? Or, or what I've been saying for me is assess, not evaluate. Mm-hmm. So try and look at it as data on, it, on, on a page to assess what you've been doing, how you feel and why, and then try and adjust it just a little bit, not try and do the new year's resolution type of approach. Right. But it's like you start showing up at the gym six days a week. Um, but I say the assess valuate for me, cause you could end up that, that internal narrative of beating yourself up cause you're not meeting the goal that you set for yourself, you know, mm-hmm. and you start evaluating and criticizing. And, and so that's, 
hopefully that makes sense. But like, to me, it's just a, a nuanced way to look at it. So you're not kind of uh, got that negative narrative in your mind. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I want to actually ask you and a little bit about that, because I'm, I'm going to focus first kind of on the, we talked about nutrition just for a minute, but I really want to focus here on the, on the sleep piece. Cause I think that really is the, the base of the pyramid. Um, yeah. Anybody who hasn't read uh, Matthew Walker's Why We Sleep, I think it's a great kind of place to start if you're a reader or, or whatever, get on Audible, but it's got some great stuff in there. But you said that assessment piece. So, you know, if I was to come to you and be like, hey, you know, I, I know I'm not putting time and effort into my sleep like I, like I should. What would you tell, you know, me to start assessing in my lifestyle, uh, to, things to look at to start kind of gearing myself more for that better quality and quantity of sleep at night? Yeah. Uh, great question. I think, you know, for me, what I would suggest is getting in the practice of really being aware of what you're doing. Don't change anything. I would first just keep living your life, even rewind the previous couple of days. When did you go to bed? What were you eating? You know, if you can remember how you felt during those times and just look at some of your habits uh, in life of, you know, are you looking at your phone and then you put it on the nightstand? Are you watching TV late? Are you staying up later than you, you really should? Mm -hmm. um, just because you don't want to wake up the next morning. I know for a long time, that's what I was doing is like, it was that somehow made sense in my mind of avoidance by staying up late, which was really frankly, just stupid, but um, lost my train of thought now. I, I think a lot of us do that though. It's like, uh, you know, I'm not looking forward to going to work together tomorrow or, you know, I, Oh, I just got home, you know, I want to try to enjoy my evening. And then they end up staying up too late because they're, you know, whatever it is, you're trying to spend time with the kids or you're trying to catch up on your favorite Netflix show or you're yeah. working on your side side project or whatever it is. So yeah, I think that's definitely a big thing where people are avoiding the sleep because they're just like, well, I just want more time. Yeah. The, the irony is if you're, if you're, losing out on that sleep, you're probably actually in the long run, you're actually taking time away because we there's sleep studies too that show that, you know, sleep deprivation over long periods of time leads to shorter lifespan and then poor, poor quality of, of health too, because whether they're, they're finding all sorts of studies now, dementia and Alzheimer's and these kind yes. of neurodegenerative diseases from people that have poor sleep, sleep habits from, you know, years and years is kind of compounding effect of poor sleep quality. And that's a hundred percent applicable to me. Um, you know, I, I mentioned kids in the thirties, so I, I half joking and it's not really funny anymore. I, I don't remember much about my thirties because of that. Mm -hmm. I was sleep deprived from the kids. Then I was overtraining. So I was, I was broken six hours sleep, maybe then I would train for a marathon. So I'm doing five to seven miles early on too. I was probably training at the wrong pace. I wasn't, I was training way too hard. So, I would come, and I would end up sick a month before every race, every time for like multiple years, you would have thought I would figure that out at some point that something was up, but my, the sleep deprivation, like I, I really, even now mid forties, there are, there are, I've improved greatly, but there's concerns I have for myself when it comes to memory, there's simple things that one, I don't remember certain things about my kid's life, which is heartbreaking. Sure. And then two, there's little things that simple recall of things. And I'm like, what is that thing? That, that thing you, you put hot water in and, the, and then you, you know, and I'm like, why can't I remember that's a freaking mug? You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. so that's, I've had, I've literally had moments like that. So it's super concerning. And that's kind of where I'm going to, 
I've been evolving this research on the podcast too is, you know, the, the mind connection. If you, it, one person is uh, Dr. Huberman. If you're familiar with him, Huberman um, is phenomenal when he starts talking about that. And From Stanford? Yes. Yeah, he's great. Yep. So I can definitely relate to the, the mental concerns. And, and at 45, I'm still relatively young. And uh, at least I think so. And I, I don't want to have those memory concerns down the line. So I'm finding ways now to reclaim some of that. And, you know, there's some thoughts that you you can't do that, but they're finding out that you can, that you can rewire the brain. You can build the mental muscle up to reclaim things. And so kind of that's where I've, I've been, but I have a personal strong heartfelt association with that aspect to it. Yeah. I know we're, uh, this is kind of going a little bit off topic, but stuff, I, I, I'm a huge neuroscience nerd. Uh, when I, my undergraduate research was in immunology, but I almost went down the path of neurology because I think it's so interesting. But um, I had uh, Jesse Gold, who runs a nonprofit uh, for veterans who basically have resistant post-traumatic stress and they linking them up with uh, psychedelic therapy and things of that nature, which is really kind of on the FDA's like fast track list because they're seeing such good results. But some of these universities that are being allowed to study psychedelics now are seeing uh, the neurogenic type of properties um, with, with some of these psychedelic type compounds. So there's probably going to be some really interesting stuff in the next, I would say 20 to 30 years. Once this stuff kind of, you know, I'm not, I'm not advocating that, you know, like, Oh, you know, all those, all these legal drugs that are psychedelics, put them out in the street for everybody. Definitely. It's, it's a medical, a medical process, scientific process, but some of these, um, some of these things that are being allowed to be researched now may be looking at opportunities for, you know, neuro to fight and combat this neurodegenerative diseases and things of that nature, not just talking about people that have dealt with trauma and stuff. So I think it's gonna be really interesting as, as this stuff keeps going. And we have great people like Dr. Huberman uh, studying neurology and, and, and all these kind of aspects of science to see that, yeah, we're hopefully going to be able to, you know, start to reverse some of this uh, neurological decline type stuff. And obviously lifestyle is the, probably the biggest way, right? The best way right. to do to combat these kind of diseases is the preventative type stuff. But it's, it's, I think it's great that there's so much uh, kind of more public uh, knowledge uh, being pushed out now too. Yeah. hundred percent completely agree with you on that one. It's been interesting in, in the psychedelics with the microdosing, like you were saying, uh, talked to a couple folks on that. And, um, yeah, like you said, it's kind of that third rail because folks are like psychedelics. What are you talking about? Cause they're yeah. thinking right away, you know, some kind of hippie party or something, but it, it's about the dosage mm-hmm. and that's, you can put that in so many different things to even water right? You can, you, there's actually a way to overconsume and right. not, not being good straights if you overconsume water. Yeah, um, so, so, you know, um, it'll definitely be interesting. And one of the guests I had was uh, a doctor who locally to me uh, was HBOT, hyperbaric oxygen tank. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they've seen a lot of positive regenerative uh, support with that for any kind of wound healing to include, um, traumatic brain injuries. So uh, I know that they've done some work with veterans as well, which is always, uh, I think, an important area to heavy up and focus because they've given, like yourself, uh, a lot of themselves. Mm -hmm. 100%. 
So I, I kind of took you down the, the rabbit hole there for a minute, but going, going back to this, the sleep piece, you were, you were taught really saying, you know, kind of looking at those small, small lifestyle things that are, that are going on in your, in your life, you know, and starting to make maybe little, little changes and things like that for sleep. Do you have any, anything else big that you would suggest for the sleep? That's like a, you know, like a, uh, this is, you know, something that I was not doing right or something that I changed that made a big difference for me. Yeah. I, you know, some of the things are the, the simple hygienes that are habit related and really setting up your environment for your room um, was one. So I think many people will do this is like, how many times have you sat on your bed working on your laptop mm -hmm. or doing whatever, and you start integrating rooms for different purposes. And it sounds like you're overthinking it, but if you set the environment up for what you're trying to do, which is sleep and rest, it should be set up that way. Would it be lighting or be even uh, the, the the paint color, to be honest with you, and, sure. and even declutter. So simple things that, you know, I'm fortunate. My wife's an interior designer, so <laughs> we've got the right paint color and the lighting. She's all about the lighting. Um, all the pillows. I, yeah, pil pillows. <laughs> yep. Uh, I work on my uh, dead squats, you know, with, with the pillows. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say setting up the environment really is a big one that seems very simplistic. The other one is, uh, as I've learned, technology is wonderful, but put the phone down well before. Yep. Uh, what we're finding out is that blue light on your phone is the physical, it affects your body the same way morning, noonday sun affects your body. Mm -hmm. So it's tricking your body. It's, it, it's telling the, the hormones in your body that it's, 12 o'clock noon, which is midday time to get to work. So it, again, it kind of relates to that light on in the car. It's, it keeps the engine going or the lights draining the battery. That's what your phone is doing to you uh, before you go to bed. So you're not getting that deep quality sleep uh, that you're, you're getting or, or yeah. need. And kind of contradictory to the, or I guess, complementary to that blue light exposure. Right? I, talking about Dr. Huberman, I remember him saying recently in something I saw that he posted about getting that red light exposure in the evening is actually just as important uh, because of the circadian, circadian rhythms. So I guess, you know, getting the bright light, uh, blue light exposure in the morning being good mm -hmm. for, right. you know, waking the system up, but then in the evening actually getting that kind of sunset color, red, red light exposure actually help, still helps with the the melatonin production and, and actually setting that circadian rhythm for yourself. So did you do any of that kind of stuff or trying to expose yourself to red light in the evening or anything like that? Not to red light. Um, I had heard that. I have not tried to do that. What we do is we really just lamp lighting. Like, yeah. uh, you know, these LEDs are really another one that's not that we're told, hey, use them. They're great for you. Great for the energy and all this, but it's really not good for you. Yeah, they're high in that sleep. blue spectrum, right? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, lamp lighting, softer lighting, uh, again, sounds simplistic, but it, these are little things that add up. It's the pennies that add up the dollars kind of thing mm -hmm. that are hedging against what you're seeking, which is quality rest. So you can live your one life. Well, like we only have one of these, so I want to have good memories. I want to be able to show up in all my aspects of my life, uh, effectively. Sure, man. Um, you did mention uh, circadian rhythm. That's one thing that, it, you know, going back to one of the comments around observation is just noticing if you were to not put on alarms, if over time you would see a particular time where you naturally wake up. 
that's the I, that's the end state goal is like you would just naturally get up at whatever time. And so understanding your circadian rhythm uh, throughout the day, even that's not just like your sleep cycle, but your energy throughout the day. So when is optimal times to exercise or do kind of deep work? Just finished reading uh, Cal Newport's book, Deep Work, is what are the best times to be able to get that focused heavy mental activities done mm -hmm. and and when is the best time to exercise um you know i and i just had an interview with with a company that's kind of focusing on that called rise science and it's an app where they pull in other data and they give you sleep debt and tell you what that sleep debt is but then they also forecast for you your circadian rhythm oh, and cool. understanding when those optimal times are to to really get the most out of each day Absolutely. That's, that's, that's great. I mean, that's the, the technology stuff is a double-edged sword, right? Like we have right. a, yep. a detriment of the, of the light and the, you know, the pseudo phone addiction with, you know, staring <laughs> at it and, you know, it more, more endorphin, I need more, uh, more serotonin hit, but, uh, yeah. but you have all that so great stuff too. On, yeah. I have times I've gone on to do something specific and then 15 minutes later found myself scrolling yeah. through whatever app I'm on and I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. It's definitely takes some self-control, but then you have the other side of it where you have some of these, you know, technologies, these apps that can help you kind of like make, I guess, more educated decisions or smarter decisions on when you get up, when you go to bed, assist you in, in that process. So it's, it's definitely, I guess, takes some, some self-control and a little bit, you know, be in control of the phone or the, or the device and not the device in charge of you type thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So on, go ahead. No. I was just going to ask, um, you know, in addition to the sleep stuff, right? Because when we talk about re recovery, it's not just about your sleep. And we, like I said, we talked about nutrition a little bit, but what else, what other kind of um, key factors do you think are really important for recovery in general? I mean, whether that's for an athlete or just the everyday, you know, I just go to the gym three, three times a week or whatever. Is there anything that you've found or, or come across that it's like a, a really big factor for incorporating for recovery in general? Yeah. I mean, I've, actually become a pretty big proponent of the active recovery. Uh, mm -hmm. The low, low grade, I've gotten a little bit into um, yoga uh, and mobility work and just doing that where you feel like you're moving around, even if you feel off. Uh, it, to me, that's been, been a, a big um, change for me that's been helpful. Uh, and even just helping me wind down, because if you exercise too late in the day, at least I have found, uh, it's going to wind you up. So this is a good way to kind of be active, but not get you too spun up either. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same way. I, if I work out in the evening, I'm typically, it, it messes up my cycle a lot too. So I'm on the, on the same boat as you for that. Um, so you do, do you do um, soft tissue stuff as well, or is it just kind of mostly this, the, the active re recovery as far as stretching and yoga and things like that? Yeah, I have done what I like the most uh, is actually sauna. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't do it as much as I'd like. Uh, I do go to my buddy's place, but like sauna, um, I like to just sit there. It's relaxing. It's calming. Um, you do get on a good sweat, which is great for rest and recovery. It cleanses you. Sweating is good. Uh, gets all the gunk out. Um, and you know, just to me, a relaxing environment. And I, I really like that. Um, I've also, I have learned to the Massage, I've not been too into, but it is, it's great for you. And one thing I learned through one guest was uh, the lymphatic. 
mm-hmm. and how important that is in relation to being able to clear the system. You know, lymphatic system is it's kind of like the sewage system of the body. And um, it relates to the blood flow and nervous system, which all have an impact on your rest. And so if there's something clogged up, uh, it's going to impact you. Um, and so I've, I've found that a few times I've gone, it's been helpful. Uh, and it's amazing what else it can help with. Yeah, absolutely. And all that stuff runs together too. I mean, what's, you know, naturally sweating, whether it's through activity or, or the sauna, and then the pairing that with massage or, you know, countering it with massage too, it's, it's all affecting that lymphatic system a lot too, which is, which is definitely huge. And I even did, um, for a while I was reading a study when I was in college, I, uh, I did apheresis. I donated white blood cells for a biotechnology company. Oh, interesting. They were saying that actually, if you donate the white blood cells, you actually, they're actually finding that people had a higher count of white blood cells in their system because of, I guess, replenishing them so often that you're actually producing more white blood cells. So, but anyway, it's just a, a little, a little uh, side note there, but definitely um, I wish I had a sauna. If I had easier access to one, I would definitely be in one more regularly. Cause I hear, I, I do enjoy it and hot yoga too. It's uh, if you can yes. find a hot yoga studio, if you really, if you really want to put yourself through uh, levels of self torture, uh, I think after a while you adapt to it and you start to like it, but the first couple yeah. experiences can definitely be uh, strenuous. Yeah, I definitely enjoy that one. Uh, I never thought I would. But uh, aside from the one time I about bit it because I was sweating profusely, uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that, it, it's always a I, I've enjoyed that one for sure. So we talked a little bit too. Um, well, when we went on the run together, and then we, it's it's come up multiple times now in our conversation here about uh, about community, um, and you know whether that be in person or online, and. Um, you know, you said you've got like a buddy that has a sauna that you go over to. So kind of, kind of, what are your, some of your thoughts on developing community and, and maybe some of that accountability piece too? Cause I feel like your, your community can either help or hurt you when it comes to stuff like your rest and recovery. And I definitely know um, college age people will probably know this and military people will know this about you know, <laughs> exposing yourself yeah. to people that are, Oh, come on, man. It's Friday night. We got to stay out until the sun rises. So yeah. c- can you give me some, some tidbits and comments on that from your experience and where you, where you think shaping your community should kind of lead you for this process? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. I mean, finding, I want to say like-minded, but people that are of interest, uh, that are of areas of interest and folks that are doing it. You know, I heard, heard somebody tell me once, you know, find, uh, uh, time travelers, right. People that are ahead of you on the path, mm-hmm. uh, that can give you some guidance and coaching and, but they've already worn it out for you. So you just kind of have to follow it. And so, um, and frankly, community is kind of part of my heart for starting the podcast myself is like just providing a venue for, because I'm not the expert, right. I I'm becoming an expert of myself and I'm learning a ton. Uh, but I, I don't have any acronyms after my name. I'm not a, a doctor, but I'm following and listening to a ton of brilliant people, uh, and sharing their information. And I may have heard it before others. And, and if I can share that full pay that forward as I've learned and it's helped me, uh, really that's the objective. Is, is just to, to kind of share that information um, in an open way that you can take it, you have the personal autonomy, you know, we're in charge of our own health, and, but, but we can do it together uh, and, and learn from each other and be available to various options that can be helpful. 
That's awesome. Man. I think that's a great takeaway. And I, I kind of started this with my podcasting experience, the same thing. It was like, I, I knew I was going to be leaving active duty military and leaving the community is always a, a hard, hard thing to do for a lot of people. So it's like, why not start to develop something, make connection with, with people that, like you said, are like-minded people that are on the path ahead of you. I love that, that analogy, time travelers. I think that's, I've never thought of it that way, but I think that's a great, great analogy. I don't, I'm not, I don't know if you, I guess someone else gave it to you, but I'm going to give you credit for it. Cause this is the first time I did. Heard it. They did. Yeah. I, <laughs> I had a conversation with uh, someone I, I respect a great deal is Ryan Mickler. He's uh, got a community and uh, order man and uh, the iron council. And so he, he had shared that with me one time and it just stuck um, that, you know, you've got these people ahead of you that have figured a few things out um, and, and, you know, share. Yeah. Well, that actually rolls me right in the next question, which is, I like to ask all my guests, which is, who's, uh, who's influencing you right now and who's kind of currently help helping shape your, your worldview and where you're going on your personal path in life. Uh, and obviously that can be, you know, anybody from per people, person in your life to things you're reading or being influenced by or historical figures, you, you know, it's, it's, it's really an open question. Yeah. Uh, there's a long list. I feel like I've consumed so much in the last year. Mm -hmm. Um, one person that I've really been drawn to Sean Stevenson, He's got the model health, uh, podcast, brilliant, brilliant guy. He's, uh, also probably one of the smoothest voice that I've ever heard. Um, helps but he podcasting. Just, what's that? So that helps with podcasting. It's yeah, like, having, exactly. it's like exactly. having the radio, the late night radio, radio, uh, DJ voice, you know, like, hi, welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely has that smooth jazz, uh, sound to him, but yeah, yeah Sean Stevenson has been phenomenal. He's written a couple of books. Um, one of which you mentioned, uh, why we sleep. So I've read that book. That's brilliant. Uh, Matthew Walker, I've been following him. He's definitely more on the science side where Sean does a great job of presenting the science and, and understands it and presents it, but then he gives some practical tips that are related to it. Yeah. And so I think, um, from a, from a really rubber meets the road, uh, the why book, uh, sleep smarter has been very, very influential for me in making sense of it and, and tying it to one of my favorite books, which is Atomic Habits, mm -hmm. how to apply it in life and do that incremental gain. Um, so he's been huge. Uh, my, my naturopathic doctor, Donna Stevens, she's been a big influence to me in encouraging and, and educating and, and supporting me and, and learning more uh, and, and turned me on to a few other folks to learn about um, Huberman, Dr. Huberman, he's somebody I just started to really dig into more. Um, there's a few others, but I'm, I'm kind of run out. No, that, drawing that, a blank now. That's great. You've given, I mean, the reason I asked a question is one to kind of know, you know, who's where, you know, where the, where the, the kind of ideas are coming from, but also so I can kind of expand who, who I'm listening to and, and all that kind of thing too. So I can yeah. kind of avoid my own echo chambers. Um, so I appreciate you sharing, man. I'm definitely going to be checking out, uh, the, you said atomic habits, atomic habits. Yep. James stuff, clear. Definitely one that's going on my, on my, my ever, my ever growing reading list that always yeah. seems to, it grows by three books and I get like one book knocked out a month, but that's okay. I'll, that's right. That's something you can do for your whole life is keep reading. So there's no, there's no limitations on that. Yeah. I would, I would definitely encourage you and anyone listening to get with that one, because to me, I've read plenty of like productivity books. Mm -hmm. Um, but no, nothing ever seemed to click. This to me clicked really well to draw the connection 
um, between the emotion and the, the system, mm -hmm. if you can call it, the practicality of it, and just reframing how you go about it. Sure. Um, I thought it was excellent and it just resonated for me. Yeah. And there's something about that to be said about that too. Cause you know, we're, you just mentioned like with Matthew Walker, that's like, you get really deep in the nitty gritty and the science, which me as a, as a science nerd, I do love, but it's like all that knowledge and all that kind of science is it's almost worthless if there's not a good way to apply it and, you know, kind of practically uh, throw it into your, either your daily right. habit or your, you know, your lifestyle. Like, if you, if you can, if it's just knowledge sitting there in a book or in a publication and it's not being applied anywhere, it's, I'm not saying it's, it's useless because there's other people in the scientific community will, will, will use it. But for us everyday people that are not, you know, deep into the academia world, it's, it's good to have someone almost as kind of a, an ambassador or a translator to kind of like, all right, so this is what exactly. this means. And this is how you can use it. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely uh, not historically been the science guy, but I've definitely had to get into it and mm -hmm. gotten into it. But uh, yeah, I definitely appreciate at the end of the day, it's about the practical. How can I apply this? And you know, the, so what? Yep. So next question, when you hear warrior monk, uh, who, or what do you think of? And, uh, what do you think makes someone a warrior monk? Um, what comes to mind to me is, is I start to think of a bit of stoicism, right? The, this like calm yet dangerous individual. Mm -hmm. Um, that's my first thought is uh yeah common common dangerous for sure that's uh it seems to be the embodiment you're not the first person i've had uh give me the a similar similar definition to it so i always like asking the questions because i always get a little bit of a different response from people so i appreciate your take on it yeah well and i think too it, it makes me think of like kind of mastery of of that like you know because stoics often get the misrepresentation of being unemotional. Right. But the reality is stoicism is about being able to manage it and that you're in control. It's not driving you. Mm -hmm. And in that warrior monk to me possesses the ability, but knows and discerns when and how much to apply. Sure. Absolutely. I think, I think that's, that's a great way to look at it too is, and I've heard the same argument too, is I, I'm a firm, firm, uh, uh, listener, observer, reader of, of Stoic philosophy and his in mentality and history and things of that nature. And yeah, that is the, the, the takeaway that often people are like, oh, you're stifling your emotions or you're, and it's like, no, it's let's, let's understand them. And like, you know, and in the same way as science, right? Like let's, let's understand this thing and then break it down and, and kind of like decide what to do with it rather than just being reactive to it all the time. So right. I definitely agree with you there, man. So I'm pretty much going to wrap this up, but I appreciate your time. I know you're a busy guy, working family guy. I appreciate it. Uh, uh, you're, uh, gonna, we're going to do a podcast trade here. So in the next week yeah. or so, I'm going to be on to having you on rest and recovery podcast. So I'm looking forward to continuing to collaborate with you and Scott, if anybody wants to follow your podcast, wants to get into the, uh, the 50 plus episodes you've had already or follow you where, where can they find you, man? Yeah, thanks. I'm on all the, uh, podcast platforms the the rest and recovery podcast and website is is the same nice long one the rest and recovery podcast.com and uh you can find me the same on instagram and then on twitter uh rest underscore podcast okay i haven't entered the twitter realm yet so you can uh you can partly represent me there <laughs> yeah I, i've only dabbled only dabbled but that's uh i'm starting to work on that a little more 
hopefully plan the, the not hopefully but plan to launch a youtube at some point soon oh great i'll be looking forward to that as well so uh i will definitely make sure to be helping promote uh your podcast once i get the editing done on this one and like i said man i appreciate your time today and thanks for joining me and uh looking forward to more content coming from the rest and recovery podcast in the future thanks lance appreciate it all right bud bye Awesome. Thank you so much again, Scott, for making the time to meet with me here on the Warrior Monk podcast, meeting with me in person while you're on vacation down here on the Emerald Coast and uh, reciprocating with me on your podcast, the Rest and Recovery podcast. Guys, Scott's putting out some great content. So go out to his podcast, the Rest and Recovery podcast. He's also on Instagram at the Rest and Recovery podcast and his website the rest and recovery podcast.com and uh listen to some of the people he's connecting with man he's got some great minds coming on his podcast he's got great content coming out there and he's a like-minded individual who's about bettering the self right and focusing on this other part of ourselves which is constantly in american culture we're putting to the side which is you know how do we focus on the rest and recovery so that we can work harder work hard play hard rest hard All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the Warrior Monk podcast. I really appreciate you tuning in as always. Please look forward to more content coming in the near future. I'm trying to work as hard as I can to get you guys stuff when and where I can while I'm still busy working on some side projects. There's some exciting new stuff coming for the Warrior Monk podcast and my Warrior Monk project coming soon. So be on the lookout for that. You can find more information on the Instagram at the Warrior Monk Podcast, as well as Facebook at the Warrior Monk Podcast with more information coming soon regarding that. Thank you so much. I'm Lance. I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. Let's continue to grow through balance.